0: who flashcast on tv podcast i'm jason snell uh joining me this week to talk about season uh nine episode eight part two of the zygon two-parter uh which we began with the zygon invasion last week it's the zygon inversion this week and uh joining me not a duplicate but my actual wife lauren snell you're not a zygon are you no i'm not okay if you say so um we, you you joined me last year. This is a, this is your second podcast. Once a year. Once a year. <laughs> That's the kind of pull I've got <laughs> here. Uh, so so part two zygote inversion. This one um, is uh, Peter Hardis and Stephen Moffat is added as a writer. I'm not quite sure. Although this entire episode. Um, uh, even more than part one plays off of the 50th anniversary special because that's an entire plot in the 50th anniversary special is the the Zygons and uh, agreeing in the black archive under the influence of that memory suppressing thing right. for everybody to just get along and hug it out and that's such a big part of this that I imagine that's one of the reasons that Stephen Moffat is is a, a co-writer here is because this is this is playing directly in in uh, the thing that he set up in the 50th right yeah. You know, Okay. Agreed. Check.
1: Well, I, I noticed that he was a, a writer, and it doesn't usually have two writers for episodes like that. Um,
0: yeah, he, he seems to do that more than uh, Russell Davis did, where he, th- where he will insert himself as the second uh, credited writer on an episode. And I'm not quite sure whether that's uh, uh, you know just accurate, because <laughs> it sounds like some of the Russell T. Davis episodes were completely rewritten by him, but he would just credit the writer. And right. Stephen Moffat pops up from time to time.
1: Right. I always assume that's about rules, but maybe that's an American thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the rules are in in England, and if there are different rules about it. But this is a case where obviously Peter Harness was assigned to tell the story, and Part One is entirely him. So, mm-hmm. but so much of Part Two is stuff that's going on down in the in the black archive, yeah. and is less about sort of a Zygon invasion and more about the re, the the re you know revisiting and re resolution of a of that one part, that one chunk of the plot from right. from the fiftieth. Uh, which is directly directly referenced at several points. We should probably start at the beginning, though. Not at uh, the end. Not, not at the end, because we will get there uh, if we survive. So, Clara... Uh, wakes up in this, and it, it's a it's a nice thing when your two parter doesn't pick up exactly where the where where uh where part one left off. Clara wakes up, she sees a clock, it's a mirror image. She sees some toothpaste that's marked "this is toothpaste." She puts it on her <laughs> toothbrush, and it's black. That and was kind of gross. Uh, and she drops on it, and you know things are wrong here. And on the TV, she hears the dialogue that ended the ended part one, which is the conversation between Zygon, Clara, and the Doctor about the uh, about the plane and how he's not expected to land. And, and, uh, but she can't get out there. There is. Um, and we realized, you know, it's very clear that this is sort of her perspective from being inside the Zygon pod. Um, she's, she's awake, at least enough to have this kind of somewhat dreamlike uh, reality that she's experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, I You know, I, I guess I hadn't really thought of. What, 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 if you're, you know, tethered to a Zygon duplicate, what's what's life like for you?
1: Well, I thought it was interesting. They didn't just show what she's seeing through Bonnie's eyes or anything like that. They gave her an entirely other reality that she could uh, talk with Bonnie from that sort of weird living room, um, rather than what I think is is more expected, which is visually showing what she can see and what she can um, manipulate.
0: Yeah, it was well yeah, how do you how do you visualize this? And 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 you've also got two different uh characters played by the same actress so having them be in completely different sets and yet interacting um you got to find a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And um and and they did. I, I just to, I mean, this jumps ahead a little bit, but just to say, um, I, I think Jenna Coleman gave a really great performance here because I, I, sort of like an Orphan Black kind of thing, even though she's playing two versions of Clara and not a different character, like an Orphan Black, um, like Tatiana Maslani does, still, I had those moments where I had to remind myself, you know, th- you know, th- those aren't two different people. That well, is the same person playing both of those parts, having a conversation, and you get caught up in it and you, you lose track of that.
1: Well, and at the end, again, we're... I'm jumping ahead so. Um but at the end I remember thinking that Clara's standing over there in the corner a lot and she's not doing that much this episode. And isn't that funny that they're <laughs> yeah. not using the actress that much this episode before I remembered immediately. Yeah. Other
0: than the the main villain she's, of the piece. She's is, in the
1: in- the actress is in the entire thing, even if Clara isn't doing much. Right.
0: Yeah, I know. And, and that's that's something that I always remind myself in Orphan Black when I see, oh, uh, she's not in this week. She must have the week off. Oh, no, that's just <laughs> one of the characters played by the one actress. So, uh, it, it yeah, it's a nice way to do it. And then we also get to see, and this is this is a, a, a fun thing, because the idea with the Zygons is that they're tapping into your brain and your personality. That's the way that they, they can look like you, and uh, they can talk like you, and they may have some of your memories. And it's like, how do you make a good duplicate? The answer is, if you keep them in a pod, you can kind of tap in right. to the information of the life person but here in the inversion it goes both ways clara is able to kind of like shake her tv set in this (laughs) fantasy world to get the rocket that's aimed at the at at the doctor's plane to miss Mm -hmm. once Um, once and then not the next time (laughs) which is but it's it's an interesting uh, she's trying to like bite her finger and and tilt the tv and it's an interesting mechanic that will become um will become relevant later but that's that's how we get our kickoff into the credits this Mm -hmm. time is is a a very impressive uh you know blowing up an airplane (laughs) effect um cut to after the credits though we we um it's just a dude running around um in london afraid uh he's kind of this schlubby guy and he's running you know out from under an underpass and and, uh, and he's being, uh, he's terrified and, and we see Clara following him. So, obviously, you know, it's Zygon Clara has something to do. And she says, um, you'll be the first to make the humans see and she zaps him. And basically, uh, what it seems to be is that this is part of their plan is to basically make life... Um, unlivable as a human being for their other zygon compatriots i guess
1: well if you're a small splinter group of the zygons who doesn't want what the what 20 million zygons have come to
0: come to earth come to
1: earth and and are living their lives and seem perfectly happy and you're a small group when i could see one way of mixing things up is well you expose them she's outing
0: this guy basically um,
1: and i don't think she's going to call them over to her side so much as just cause chaos but perhaps that's the point
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is, I, I think it's strange that it's like, you know, I guess they know that this guy is a Zygon and so they use him. I, I was unclear on kind of what the, the plan here is other than that you will be an example for the viewers of how bad we are, but yeah. we only ever see the one guy. And I was unclear about if they're, are they doing this to other people? And really your commander is hunting down a guy to zap him with a thing that makes him yeah. not, I, that part, um, Wasn't
1: there a list? They got a list or something of all the people? So this was the first one that she tracked down. But but, then they were going to track
0: down the rest of them. And and, uh, I don't know. I think overall, I would say that one of the nice things about the the kind of the art of the way that the Day of the Doctor was put together is that some of the stuff was good on... Like, good on the message and good on the storyline up to the point where we needed to see it. And then the details were kind of left to mm-hmm. the imagination. And I was thinking as we watched this that this is one of those episodes where, um, you know, did did the Zygon plot in Day of the Doctor really um, need two hours of of exploration and can it really hold up to that? And I, I think I would argue, no, (laughs) um, because parts of it just seem kind of bizarre. And, uh, again, I, you know, it, it felt like something that was, uh, it felt a lot better when it was unexamined. But once you examine it, I start to have questions about it. I mean, this is a nice representative thing of this guy being scared. And I, I like that it represents everything that these, the splinter group is trying to do, which is ruin these people's lives who are perfectly happy. Um, I just don't quite understand the the mechanics of like, literally, why is she out there? and And why is she chasing this hmm. one guy? And I don't know about that. Well, Sorry, you know. guy. He, he does humanize it or zygonize it or whatever it is that you do. Yeah, and they
1: get to talk to him later, which is yeah.
0: nice, but, um. Well, and he makes the declaration, right? He's like, I just want to be left alone. I don't want to take sides. I'm not on your side. We're on your side. I don't want to be on your side. Yeah. He just wants to live his life. And, and so in that way, he does humanize or zygonize or whatever this guy and you, you under, you empathize with him, um, it's just uh i i don't think i even if, if it was there i didn't notice that the idea that this is happening all over and they're starting to attack these people it was sort of like they just did it to this one guy so that we would see it as the viewer so that that part seemed a little weird to me
1: yeah.
0: um let's see what else uh the uh the osgood box comes up again we need to retrieve the osgood box it's very important um The Clara spies parachutes in the picture of the uh, of the airplane crashing or blowing up. And so she realizes that uh, that the doctor did escape from the from the the cliffhanger (laughs) (laughs) and uh, they land on a beach. The doctor in Osgood, she's got a blue parachute. He's got a parachute that is the Union Jack flag. And he says that it's his camouflage, which is just kind of funny.
1: Yes, that was funny. And then she points out that you're using humor to. To make this less scary, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's very Doctor Who, right? Yeah, you use you'd make scary things, and then you use humor to make it less scary.
0: Yeah, there is no. I think I think you could argue that the Doctor and Peter Capaldi, this Doctor especially, have never been Doctorier than in this episode, <laughs> and it sort of I think begins right there. Um, she, he gives her, he gives Osgood the sonic uh, the sonic specs. That as was they say. that
1: was I enjoyed that. That and was excellent.
0: She calls calls it into question. Why yes. would why you know?
1: Yes, it doesn't make sense.
0: Uh, that's exactly right. Um, it's, a, isn't that a bit pointless? I think she says, and he says, I, I made an invisible watch once <laughs> sort of what's wrong with pointless defeats the purpose. Um, and, uh, and then Osgood playing with this whole, cause Osgood, you know, first time we see her, she's wearing the Tom Baker scarf, um, she, she talks about what her plan would be if she had to kill the doctor, which is very funny. Um, she says, you know, I would, sure, I would kill you. I would put a bullet between the eyes <laughs> 12 times if necessary, because she's got the good Time Lord regeneration knowledge.
1: Not let him talk. He always talks.
0: Yeah, and he gives her a look, and she says, uh, like I said, I'm a big fan, which I think <laughs> is a really nice – that's a really nice turn there, that, you know, your, your biggest fans are your, are, are your biggest critics, and they know your weaknesses, <laughs> and that's a kind of a beautiful – little meta moment in there um and when they also talk about the hope phase oh yeah right which is the doctor um she asked him if uh you think she might be dead or not and it's a it's a nice she's putting him on the defensive she's basically asking him questions that you're not supposed to ask the doctor (laughs) which i thought was uh i thought that was uh that was fun i thought this was a good use of uh as given how osgood was presented as a um Especially when we were anticipating the 50th, this kind of like fan wish fulfillment kind of character, mm-hmm. and she still got that aspect, but she is tough as nails. in in mm-hmm. this two-parter, the whole the whole thing, she's she's tough. I like that. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else happens. The uh... oh, so Clara is trying very hard to remote control her Zygon, as you mm-hmm. do. Um. She is uh, trying to like do little finger and hand exercises, right, to, in order to send the doctor a text.
1: Yeah, she's moving her she's moving her fingers as though she's sending the text to force uh, Bonnie to text without even knowing she's doing it.
0: Yeah, and we get the shot of like it's down in her hand. She's right. not even aware that that her hand is, right. that is that doing was, this. That
1: was excellent texting skills to be able to type on the keyboard without even seeing it. That's uh,
0: well, maybe autocorrect helped that's a little some bit.
1: Serious teenage. Skills there.
0: No, I was I was impressed with her skill there. Um, to, she she texts I'm awake. Um, I actually was reminded in this scene. This reminded me a lot. Um, this is a callback to the Souffle Girl from Asylum of the Daleks, where mm-hmm. where it's the same thing, where it's a, a Clara who is not in a real space, but is trying to send a message out and 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 uh, and communicate with the doctor, and you know th- that's I think an intentional callback. That's like the first, well, I guess second time we we saw. Uh, Jenna Coleman and Doctor Who was, was as that, and here here Clara is again uh, a version of Clara in a in a box trying to remote you know remote control the Doctor with very limited means of getting um, communicating with the outside world. So I thought that was a nice uh, a, a nice callback. Well,
1: uh, and and now the this is I thought it was a nice way to honor all of Clara's history with the show, talking about having Clara Oswald in your head. Or having Oswald's not the right name. Yeah. Oh, right.
0: Yeah, there's Osgood, who's Osgood, totally different. Sorry. It's very complicated. Yes, Clara Oswald's in your head.
1: Having Clara in your head and the doctor talking about that more, I think, encompasses a lot of what Clara's done on the show in the when she was in the the first time around and this time.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and it it's I. This is obviously part of the the story of of it's Clara's story arc at this point I think last season it was a little bit different because we had the new doctor and we had Danny Pink involved but this is about sort of um her getting in the doctor's head and being important to him and really really feeling that really feeling that that this is an important relationship and and she's special not just because she was the the impossible girl but because mm-hmm. she is um you know she she is uh, she understands the doctor but but there is this implication that you know she's got inside his head too yeah uh this is also where uh Bonnie right we we'll just call her Bonnie uh she looks she walks past the mirror and th- <laughs> the reflection in the mirror is Clara from uh the box from the 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 room or wherever right. she is uh and and uh, if you miss it uh, the safe where she's trying to get the uh the the Osgood box from, and it's not actually there. The safe that she opens has a painting of William Hartnell as the first Doctor on it. Oh, just the oh—the Easter eggs are are fast and furious <laughs> here, um, and and of course the answer is that uh, it was a lie. The Osgood box isn't there. The doctor makes a joke about plans and planets and how you've got to have a planet to have a plan or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the doctor notices that she's winking at him because once again Clara is communicating to to the doctor, and Bonnie doesn't even doesn't even know it. Um, clever clever Clara. This is also the line that I, I suspect will uh, potentially offend people, but I think it is one of the more doctory lines ever, which is, I'm over 2,000 years old, I'm old enough to be your messiah. He ac- <laughs> yeah. Wow, he actually said that. Okay, that is wild uh wild doctor stuff and he does some uh and they get the car I, I i i guess i wasn't paying attention those police officers are following them and then i think they get out of the car and and osgood and the doctor end up back like in their car and the guys are still out on the street it's this whole
1: didn't quite understand no because i think they were in a police car yeah, and but, then they take somebody else's van
0: but they see they they're standing on the street well yeah anyway they get a car regardless and the doctor is smiling he's good does the i'm really great at smiling and he does the that was cute kind of crazy never
1: seen you smile before that was cute
0: crazy toothy smile if she you know if she met tom baker she would have seen a lot of <laughs> a lot of teeth a lot of smile there um and I, w- I was also struck that i i don't i don't think in the modern series we see the doctor driving a car very. i often.
1: was very surprised that he was the driver and that she wasn't and maybe that's an american left side right side thing but when he got in to drive, I was just very, very surprised that he was the driver, and thought, "How does he even know how to drive?"
0: Yeah, well, I mean, John Pert we drove, and we've seen I, we have seen the Doctor drive things in the past, um, uh, but uh, it, it doesn't happen that often. So that that uh, that it just yeah, it struck me that he was the one driving, and he didn't have the resident on the planet Osgood do right. the, do the driving. That right. he did, he did the driving. No, that she was,
1: was busy texting yeah. or looking something up.
0: Right, but you know that that was that was a funny funny little bit. um So we get to the lie detector part, which I I, I will say this is a little. In uh, I'm gonna tip my hat hat here to uh, Tony Sindelar, uh because this is something Tony my 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 internal Tony would say, which is I don't think that's how lie detectors work. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I, think so. I don't think you can just like hold somebody's uh pulse and feel their heartbeat and go aha, you're 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 lying because I felt your heartbeat faster because I I think
1: I don't think that's how that works uh,
0: I I don't think but it it is a it is a nice little gambit where how do you how do you bargain with your Zygon duplicate uh, while you're in a trance in a pod somewhere and they and it ends up being a nice scene where Jenna Coleman is interrogating herself and trying to outwit herself which is a lot of fun Um, but uh, uh, given
1: that they keep bringing up the, the phrase truth or consequences I thought them out truthing each other was appropriate
0: yeah that's got to be a a theme of the episode right is is there um and claire tries to be sneaky right and tells the truth that's that's not the entire thing um but uh, i won't need uh, a Uh key card because i will get myself in but she figures it out right um but yeah it, it is a truth off because they can't it's it's like um well, I mean, didn't Doctor Who did that? the the um in the the last Matt Smith episode on on uh, uh that's the set on the town of Christmas, um and it's where nobody can tell a lie. Mm-hmm. It's that same kind of thing. There's a, there's this is all about this is all about truth. Um, the doctor gets a nice uh, a line at this point with Osgood about, he calls London a dump, and she says, <laughs> you spent a lot of time here? And he says, well, I spent a lot of time being tortured and exterminated. It doesn't mean I have to like it, which is kind of funny. Um, because they go to the estate where we saw the Clara chasing the guy, and they say it smells like barbecue, which is, you know, we've heard that on Doctor Who before. In this case, it's the electrically zapped tumbleweed yeah. things that are... Yeah. I don't think, again, I don't think that, uh, we, we mentioned this last week on the podcast. Um, does every alien have to have like an electric bolt that comes out <laughs> of their hands? Cause I don't think the Zygons should have that. And uh, that seems like a, just a really clean, convenient way for them to kill people for, so kids aren't too yeah, disturbed the, by and it. And then you
1: don't have bloody bodies laying yeah. around. You and have
0: piles of, instead, you've got people sweeping up,
1: sweeping yeah, that up was kinda...
0: the dead body tumbleweeds. <laughs> <laughs> tumbleweeds. That's still not great. But, um, so the the idea in the uh, in the Black archive uh, it, it this is where we end up so we're, uh, we're back in where we um, where we were in the 50th which is the Black archive and uh, there are two boxes which is a really nice reveal where where they they go in the door to find the Osgood box and and uh the the camera pans around the door frame enough that you see that there is a blue box and a red box. Of course, there are two boxes like there are two osgoods
1: so I had been thinking all along that the Osgood box is going to be empty mm-hmm. and then they come in, you see the box, and you turn the corner, and you see the other one and I immediately forgot what I thought the twist was going to be, and thought, oh, that's what they did instead is they had two boxes, and that's the that's the big reveal. That's the twist. And so I completely forgot what I had earlier predicted.
0: Right, which turns out to be exactly right. Turns out to but be. But they, they, they. You know, that's a nice magic trick when they uh, they distract you enough that you forget your expectation yes. for the trick, so that when the when it comes and they show you the thing you expected, you're it's like, surprised. Oh, yeah, that is good. That is a <laughs> that is a neat. Uh, a neat trick. Oh, I should mention, so Kate Stewart uh, shows up and acts all evil to, to evil Clara and is told to go hunt, hunt the doctor down, and she goes and talks to the doctor, and they bring him back to the pods, and it's all supposed to be very menacing, except we, saw, we didn't see her die last time. We just saw a Zygon approach her and then a report off camera that everything was okay in North America, and I don't know. I, I had no... <laughs> Ah, they didn't fool you. There were no doubts in my mind at all that that's exactly what it was. So when Kate Stewart, like, shoots the Zygons, I guess we were supposed to be like, oh, oh it really is. No, mm. that was, I don't know. Oh, well. I don't know. That didn't seem, I know I said that to you while we were watching. It's like, oh, what a surprise. Yes. Kate Stewart is not dead. Of course she's not dead. Um. So, uh. so the gas, they they, ta- they talked about the gas last week, so that, that is part of the complication here that I think obscures the idea that maybe there's nothing in the boxes. They talk about the gas, it turns the uh, Zygons insides out. They, they actually refer to it as Sullivan's gas, and the Doctor refers to it as the imbecile's gas. Because I am the uh, gigantic uh, nerd that I am, I will tell you that that is a reference to Harry Sullivan, who was a, a short-term Doctor Who companion in the old series, and I believe his last episode was Terror of the Zygons, hmm. and he was referred to as uh, as an imbecile uh, by the doctor so that's that's the reference there is to is to to harry sullivan who was a medical doctor who traveled with the doctor and sarah jane
1: i assume that everything that has a name has a some reference. <laughs> reference that i don't know
0: that's <laughs> yeah, probably that's probably accurate it is doctor who after all if you're going to name something something why not you
1: have to name it something why not make why it, not a, give it a, a reference
0: to something and that's that's pretty good it- so so uh, and and at one point the doctor says oh this this all happened on a very important day for me which also I thought was really funny that that it was yeah it was the 50th anniversary <laughs> day and that was a big episode and there was the whole time war thing and uh there was a lot going on that day yeah, and was this is this was a part of it so um yeah so there's a lot there and I should say in the black archive before we get too further with this big scene that is is the key scene of the entire two-parter that our son pointed out Quite rightly, that in the background of the of the black archive is the like helmet or whatever from the the murderous uh, robot armor that uh, attacks the Viking village yes. in part one of the Viking Village. That yes. that thing is in the background there. And he was he he actually leaned over to me and said, "You should write that down." <laughs> so it's right here. It's written down. It's the, there, that Viking Village reference thing. That's an yeah. old prop prop from a previous episode. Yeah.
1: We got it hanging around.
0: Yeah, we'll put it in there. Everybody, it, what'll happen is that a bunch of eleven-year-olds will be like, "Hey, look at that! That's from it's, that other episode." It's the Black archive. It's supposed to have stuff. It's totally, totally supposed to have stuff like that. Um, all right, so here's the big moment, which is we've got, uh, we've got two Claras, we've got Kate, we've got two boxes, and we end up essentially with um, what happens is she opens the box. Uh, and finds that there are two buttons, and they open the other box, and there's also two buttons. So, there's the two Osgoods, supposedly, or, or there are two sides in this uh, battle between the Zygons and the, and the humans, and this forced sort of, uh, forced to negotiate, and then they come to a, a a peace with one another. And so, boxes within boxes, two boxes, mm-hmm. two buttons, all of that. Um, and this, I, I feel like this is the... Uh, this is the moment that this entire episode is exists for, for the entire two part episode is for this moment, which is two sides, both want to go to war. Um, and then the doctor gets to give it to him and we get Peter Capaldi for a good, I don't know, five minutes a long time, doing a one man show, uh, where he is the doctor at his, at his doctoriest saying, um, You know, talking to them about why they want to fight, uh, which is which is where it starts. Which I thought was um, a a nice piece, place to start. Which is that, like being the adult in the room and saying okay what do you want why do you want to do this to the zygon Splinter group? Why do you want to do this mm-hmm. what 's your end game? What happens when it 's over? Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Just try like just tell me tell me what your plan is here do you have you thought of a plan or are you just really angry because it 's not fair because nothing is fair of course it 's not fair
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and that part that part was really good but then then um and he keeps doing like a American game show host slash cowboy <laughs> accent at, at times, funny. which I don't. I thought it was funny. I don't really understand it. So hey, English people, maybe you understand why that was a good time to cart out an English reference or a, an American uh, voice for you know a game show host ish cowboy game show. Maybe I don't watch enough something cow- something broadly game shows.
1: American. Yeah, yeah. Ish. Well I
0: think the idea there was that this is your uh this is your uh, push the red button and destroy the world like uh, an Ameri- like Ronald Reagan or something <laughs> like that during the Cold War. Uh I, I think maybe that was that was part of it. Uh that, that you know, the last thing you want is a cowboy. Uh somebody's like, Yeah, give you a fifty percent chance or something like that. But uh, anyway, he then he gives them the big lecture, which is um he, he talks about how um you know, you're not, you don't have a plan. Um, y- you need to, um, what are you going to do with the, the people who are like you, the troublemakers? How are you going to protect the glorious revolution for the next one? Nobody wins for long there. You know, there are no endings, As right? Like the end of Watchmen tells us there's no ending that life keeps going. And, um, and he, and then he ta- drops the time war and says, I fought in a bigger war. I did terrible things. Uh, no one should live like this. Not on my watch. um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, I, I feel like this is the doctor's mission statement, essentially, we're getting here.
1: Yeah. No, it it was impassioned. Yeah, everything that he, that he's built up since the, uh, since the 50th anniversary all comes back to, you know, learn from my mistakes, learn from what happened to me so that nobody has to feel like he felt having made that decision. Um it did It did remind me in in it I don't mean to downplay it, but it it did remind me of war games the the only way to win is not to play
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um I don't know I, I thought this is uh I thought this is Peter Capaldi at his best. He was wonderful um and
1: completely it, it felt very uh, impassioned and heartfelt um, that this is his mission now.
0: Well, and I, as a again a, as a fan of the old show, I feel like this is the Doctor's mission statement anyway. But certainly, this is the since since making the decision um, uh, that is or revealed that he made the decision to uh, not kill all of his people and end the time war that way, but find another way. That this is this is even more so his mission, mm-hmm. which is. Um, it's uh, essentially a message of forgiveness because there is that moment where she says they're not going to let me walk out of here, and that I think is interesting. This whole episode, the two-part episode, it is in part about uh, who are the people who want to who want to uh, who want to cause war and inflame things when other people just want to live their lives, and are those people? Um, in a lot of cases, you know, what they want is unclear and not very well thought out, and they leave destruction in their wake. Mm-hmm. And here. I feel like um you know what what he's saying is um you feel like you have nothing left to lose because you've gone too far down this path and that the only solution for the rest of us is to forgive you and let you go let you walk away from this because mm-hmm. if we put you in this box where you have no alternative but to kill people then it's uh, it's our fault mm-hmm. for not for not giving you a way out of that box mm-hmm. and that's a very doctor thing to mm-hmm. say i forgive you you can walk away from mm-hmm.
1: this yeah it was it was beautiful for for as long a scene as it was, and as mostly static a scene mm. as it was, it was thoroughly entertaining, and engaging.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and there's a moment where then uh, Zygon, Clara, uh, Bonnie says, "The box is empty, isn't it?" <laughs> uh, and the doctor says, Yaha, yeah, ha! You've started to think like me now. Like he's he's gotten." Because there's a moment where you're thinking, is she going to even buy this, or is she going to do what you would expect a character like that to do, which is go, ah, I will kill you all. Just
1: slam one down in anger. Well,
0: that's really easy to do on a show like this, too, where you've got your bad guys, right? A lot of times, the bad guy does the bad things, and, and then you destroy them. And how many times has the doctor said... I'm giving you one chance, right? <laughs> you hear David Tennant saying that one chance not to do this, and they're like, "Well, forget that." And then they and then, and then they do it, and then you take care of him, right? And this is that that moment, and she she figures out what's going on here. Um, and a nice touch is that you know, basically, one of the w- ways the doctor can tell is that he can read everything that's on Bonnie's face because he knows how to read Clara. That was nice. I know that face. Um. And then, then comes the moment that made you laugh out loud while we were watching, <laughs> which is the moment where Kate Stewart says, but what do we do now? Because now we know that the box isn't real. And the doctor says, well, that's what you said the last 15 times. <laughs> that's pretty... Yeah, I laughed. That I, was funny. It's a funny joke, but it's also kind of... Isn't it kind of telling? Like, you get the impression that the doctor just keeps on having to do this. Like, unit has something, some crisis comes up, and unit's like, What are we going to do? Well, I guess we need to solve this by, by, uh, because unit is, I guess, at this point, kind of a stand in for uh, military, human, military industrial complex, something like that. And uh, so he criticizes them them like
1: that all the time, saying, Oh, you always choose guns. And she says, I know you don't like it when I shoot people. Right, she shoots
0: those zygons, right? But
1: and I don't think he's surprised because that's what she does. That's right. what Unit does. Give
0: them guns and um, yeah.
1: Um, but you know, I again caught up in the moment, had totally forgotten about the memory wiping thing, and
0: <laughs> I I did. In that moment I, I was thinking, are they just gonna wipe everybody's memory now? But they only do it to, to Kate Stewart and the other zygons, but not to Bonnie, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. Like you're one of us now, you're in the circle of trust who understands why this needs to be this way. Um but I, I did I did just before that joke happened, I was like, Oh, they're just gonna because that's I mean, the whole joke there in the fiftieth is that is that Clara is welcomed back to the Black Archive and has no memory of being there before, but there are pictures of her there right. because she has been there before, right. but she just never remembers it. When she leaves, um, so I let you know. You let Clara Oswald get inside your head. <laughs> that is that is the the ultimate uh, ultimate line here. Um, and that's basically the end because the next t- thing we see, we are we are outside at the TARDIS. And uh, uh, Clara and Oswald are with the doctor, and she asks him what TARDIS stands for, and he almost <laughs> collapses of all the things. And she says, well, I've heard it a couple different ways, which is, so the joke there is, like the unit joke last week about how it was in the 70s or the 80s, the joke there is that sometimes it's time and relative Dimension in space, and sometimes it's time in relative dimensions in space. And so she's asking for the definitive one, and he ga- gives her a definitive answer, which is totally and radically driving <laughs> in space. So that's a nice, mm, uh, works just as well. Yeah, sure. And we get a second, uh, a second Oswald. Once again, Oswald refuses to, um, not Oswald. See, I'm calling her Oswald now because that's clear. Osgood. So many, uh, so much Oz. The Wizard of Oz comes down. Um, Yes, Osgood. There are two Osgoods, and uh, the first Osgood before we see the second Osgood says, "I won't tell you who I am." She she says she'll never tell uh, who she is. Um, But the uh, but then the second one. No, she says,
1: "I'll tell you one day." You know when that day is, and then the other
0: Osgood steps uh, out. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know, or will we? The um, but the it's it's Bonnie, is the second or or uh, Zajella, Z- 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 whatever he says about the uh, what the the pet pet name he's been giving her, um, she is, um, she is look, turned into into Osgood instead of, um, of uh, Clara in, instead of Clara, which is good because you know then you got like extra jenna coleman kicking around and so she's got a she's she's paired with another she's got her twin again even though it's even though it's a different twin and they get to share that connection and all of that um and so that's uh that's uh that's fun and then the last scene is in the tardis with the doctor and clara and um she says so what was it like when you thought i was dead and he says it was the longest month of my life and she says well it was, uh, couldn't have been more than five minutes, and, and he looks at her and says, I'll be the judge of time. Oh. And that's the last thing in the oh. entire episode. So, I, knowing that, that, uh, Jenna Coleman is leaving, um, the, you know, this is just squeezing us for, oh. oh, aren't they tight? Aren't they so close together? It's <gasps> going to be all the more painful to oh. everyone when she finally leaves. Um, I don't think we got any any talk about hybrids this time, but really everybody in the Zygon thing is a hybrid of human and Zygon in one way or another. So if if the recurring motif of hybrids in this season is continuing, um, it's just written all over this episode. Hmm. So overall, what did you think of the what did you think of this episode in the two parter?
1: Um, they were good. I mean, I I. As I said uh, a year ago, the last time I was on the podcast, I did not watch the original episodes. Yep. So, I have no connection or fondness uh, for the Zygons whatsoever.
0: No. Um, well, if you had seen Terror of the Zygons, you still probably wouldn't. <laughs>
1: um, but it was good. I, lo- I love this Doctor. Mm. um, And so, I've been very happy with these seasons. Um, I love his relationship with Clara, it was great. They're they're super fun and I think if you can if you can carry a scene like that at the end of a show that's usually very actiony and you're just um talking on essentially a static
0: No, it's the one man it's the Peter Capaldi one man show. And nobody
1: else is doing anything other than ho- hovering their hand over buzzers. Um that was really good. He's great.
0: Yeah. No, I I think uh, my skepticism for the Zygon thing, like I said earlier, I feel like this is probably a better story in a in a idealized way as it was in the 50th and that by playing it out over the course of an episode and a half, um I'm not sure I I'm not sure it enhanced it. I think maybe it detracted from it in my eyes because it felt a little it just it, I'm not sure all the pieces work. I think the, you know, we were sending one person to New Mexico. Yeah,
1: well, that part was weird and dumb and made no sense why did she even go to america it's not it's just didn't make her any sense just her there's no backup i didn't even fly with anybody that that made no sense the the one Zygon running around was funny and she's very calmly walking after him and then when he turns back into his zygon, nobody reacts to him that was yeah i thought poor well, direction like, of the extras because right. they weren't there's they a didn't news seem to later. care.
0: Yeah. Oh, look, it's another alien. That.
1: Yeah. They're so, about to get attacked by so, a very friendly alien.
0: So, all of that, I, I have to say, I'm not super impressed by. And, and, and a lot of it, I would say, not this is one of those mid-season unit two-parters. They've been doing those for, these for a while now, and they're generally not among the best episodes of the, of the season. But what we got in this episode especially, I think, um, it, it kind of didn't matter because the Jenna Coleman performance is good. I think she does a very good job. And then there's the Peter Capaldi stuff, and that that is not just a really great performance by Peter Capaldi, but I I would say that is that is if if you ever had to point to somebody and say who's the Doctor, why does he do what he he does? Mm. You could point at that and say that's him. That's the that is the mission statement of the Doctor mm. and of Doctor Who is him right there. He's saying you need to not fight. The nothing is hopeless. You need to have the capacity for forgiveness. This is this is what the show has always been and should always be. Which the Doctor is not caught up in the stuff that makes the whole idea is that humans are flawed and the doctor is trying to save us from ourselves in some cases. And that's what's happening here. And I you know, I thought it was beautifully done and and so for me, I look at this and say, it was a kind of it was it was competently done, but I, you know I I look at some of the plot stuff with skepticism, and yet uh, in, in part two you get this amazing scene with Peter Capaldi, and you get a lot of really good work by Jenna Coleman and uh, and Osgood is fun as well, and uh, and that that character is shown shows some depths that she hadn't uh, shown as much before, and that's all to the good. So in the end, I kind of forgive it that I'm not quite clear. Uh, what this plan was, or how it really worked, and I'm not quite sure they 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 convinced me of it being something that made sense. I'm not sure it matters.
1: No, it, it's it, I never liked the ones with unit. Um, no. Um, and this is it, this was not a monster of the week kind of episode for me. Um, and in fact, in six months or a year, when you remind me that one with the Zygons, I probably won't even remember. It's the same one as. The, the Osgood box and the speech oh, and the yeah, – I probably won't even put those two things together because it, when I think back on these, I will probably remember the things that I liked about them and just gloss over the things that I didn't like or don't – they, they're not that – they it's not going to stick.
0: Yeah. Unit uh, – Unit is not well used and it, I, so – I joke about this a lot. We talk about this a lot when we're watching T V that it's never a good sign when the military is involved. <laughs> because they talk about the military and that's like super hand waving of like it's not the army, it's not the navy, it's just the military. It's a it's like a generic representation. TV does this all the time, right? So, oh there's soldiers here from the military. It's, sort of it's like no bureaucracy
1: with guns. It's yeah. not yeah, anything so- specific and it's just sort of to make up a-
0: point and i'm disappointed too that unit unit i know the doctor always had this kind of back and forth relationship with unit because they are soldiers and so soldiers have guns and they want to they want to fight but I, i i always wanted to think that uh unit was better than that and that unit uh, you know the because they deal with these threats they also kind of understand them better and i'm always disappointed when in the end unit is just sort of a uh hand waving kind of well we know about aliens but we're still just going to have a bunch of guys run around and get shot uh or, or they'll shoot at things uh and it won't hit the aliens <laughs> and then the aliens will zap <laughs> them and they die and that's what unit is which is just not it's you know and they have to fly to coach to new mexico because there's nobody to help them uh, yeah yeah so unit you know, not my favorite but capaldi great yeah yeah he's your favorite isn't he
1: uh now yes um when we did the rewatch, my favorite quickly became most of the doctors that we were watching at uh, that time i remembered how much i enjoyed yeah, it's Eccleston. pretty great. Oh, he was uh, great it was like oh david Tennant, oh, he's my david favorite Tannen's hey and- matt
0: smith's pretty good
1: but i'm really enjoying mm. peter capaldi a lot so more than I thought I would, I guess is the point. It, it, yes. Yes. Right now, Peter Capaldi is my favorite.
0: Okay. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll hold you to that for now. For now. All right. Well, next week is Mark Gatiss back uh, with an episode called Sleep No More. And if, if I'm very, very lucky, uh, one of the verities, uh, Liz Miles from Scotland, will join me. Let's cross fingers, because, that you know, anytime you have to reach across the pond for a guest. Um, but uh, hopefully Liz will join me for that next week. Uh, my wife, Lauren, thank you for being here. Uh, your one podcast a year requirement for done for being one of the employees of The Incomparable is now completed <laughs> for this year. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to the Doctor Who Flashcast. We'll be back in a week. Goodbye.
1: Doctor Who Flashcast on The Incomparable. <laughs> Who flashed up on the